Every word of the Torah is layered with meaning and purpose. When something is given a lot of coverage, then it clearly demands our attention. The Torah spends a lot of time talking about our forefathers' struggles to have children. First is the long, difficult way for Avraham and Sarah. Then we read about Rivka and Yitzhak and the depth of their prayers for children. Then there's Rachel, who says to Yaakov, Give me children, for if you can't, I will die. Something emerges from these intertwined stories of heartache and fulfilled dreams. What we see more than anything else is how important children were to them. For Avraham, it is more important than anything Hashem could bless him with. What can you give me? There's nothing you can give me, uh, for I am barren. As for Rachel, it was clearly more important than life itself. What is this premium placed on having children? Why is it so important? There seems to be something deep inside our very souls, pushing us to bring these children into the world, even if they're very expensive, often demanding and eternally bored. And that's just when they're young. Sometimes I think teenagers are so named because they are teens and they are agers. They age us. Of course, I'm not talking about my kids. Mine are teen angels, in case they read this or hear this. Some would say that the drive to have children is simply biological and that we are programmed to procreate in order to sustain our species. However, sustainability levels are achieved at 2.1 children per household. Even today, with overall numbers down, Jewish families typically have more children than the average. Additionally, if that truly was the reason, you could just pay someone to have more kids and still go on vacation or to sleep. Others suggest that it is a way to deal with our mortality. But Rachel's cry hardly sounds like mortality is the issue. She says, give me children, and if not, I will die. Not, I'm worried about dying, so give me children. There must be another reason. Still, others feel that the drive is predicated on one's need to give love. But if that was the case, then it shouldn't really matter at all if the child is yours or not. Can you imagine a mom standing outside the nursery window in a hospital saying, bring me any of them. It doesn't matter which one is mine. That would never happen. So what is it then? I'd like to suggest an idea that I find fascinating. Rav Tzadok HaKohen writes that the true nature of anything can be discerned by analyzing its first mention in the Torah. The context and definition in the text of where the Torah sets its parameters, they set the context for understanding the essence of the issue in question. Which made me think, what is the name of the first child in the Torah? And why was he called whatever he was called? That child's name would define not only him, but all children to come. Chava calls the first child ever born Cain. Kaniti ish et Hashem. Now the word kone can mean to acquire. I have acquired a man with God. But it can also mean to create. As in kone shamayim va'aretz. I have created a man with Hashem. The drive to procreate is literally to create. God is the creator. We, on the other hand, are the created And in everything that we do, we are reminded of that distinction. Sure, we can take money and turn it into a product, sell that, buy something else. However, it always starts with something. Your cake starts with flour and eggs. Your house starts with wood and nails. Everything we make comes from something else, except for a child. All I need is myself and my spouse, and then together we can create a child using only ourselves. In that space, we are like God himself. We have become creators and not just the created. I made this. And that fulfills a part of us which runs very deep. 
Judaism teaches that the innermost self of each of us is a chilek elokami ma'al, a piece of God from on high. This deepest self is a spark of God himself, and just as he desired to create our world and people in it, this mini version of his spirit in us is driven to do the same. But here's the catch. God says, let us make man in our image. God created creators. Sometimes when we do what he did and we say, let us make a child in our image, we do it very differently. We want the child to be exactly like us. We live out our dreams through them. We force the opportunities we missed onto their lives, even if they don't want it. It is the challenge each parent faces with their child. In which part of your image are you creating this child? The created part or the creator part? After marking this new being, after making this new child, we will, will we give it the space to take its own path and find its own way? Will we allow the child to create its own road? Can we let go? What is amazing to think about is the fact that kaniti ish et Hashem can mean either I have created a man with Hashem or I have created a man like Hashem. In other words, just like God created a creator. Also, we can do that, or we can choose to have a partner in creating something which is created. Which one we choose to do is up to us. The letters that spell the word for child in Hebrew are Yud Lamed Dalid, Yelid, and are the same letters that spell the word Dili, Dalid Lamed Yud, or the bucket used to draw water from a well. You can drink from the well on the spot, but a bucket allows someone to take the water and bring it home or use it later or in another location. The ideal nature of a parent-child relationship is not when they live by or indeed in the well. It's when they can draw from the well of your wisdom and then take that away and apply it to their own path or perhaps remember what they've learned from you later when they raise their own children. When we can do that, we are truly creating creators masters of their own destinies and writers of their own stories. Having children is one of life's greatest blessings. May Hashem bless our blessings and allow us the strength to let them become themselves. Shabbat Shalom.